Are you getting my velvety dulcet tones mm-hmm. now, John? Mm-hmm. That 80 hertz to 250. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that you were officially doing the Howard Stern and sitting on a speaker while I talked to you and we recorded. I'm, I'm a little disturbed now. I don't think you... This is actually, I think, the only podcast in history that will be enhanced if you listen to it on a sub. Mm-hmm. Just so you can actually hear the full scope of your beautiful frequency range. Indeed. And I do kink shame. According to the intro of last week's show, I am anti-dick-sucking. And so I want that noted. All over the world, I am prejudiced against those who will put a penis in their mouth. And I'm not saying on the record that John sucks dick. He just holds it in his mouth until the swelling goes down. It's different. So- the thing is, is that I have spent a good amount of time thinking about whether or not I would suck a dick. <laughs> As evidence by and last that's for me. week's episode. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, speaking of sucking dick, how you doing, Michael? I'm alive, which is pretty <laughs> good, I'd say. Do. Yeah. Courtney, uh, you seem uh, in good spirits, maybe a little bit in pain. I'm exhausted. I feel like I was hit by a bus. But that's my own doing to myself, so I just have to sit with it. <laughs> Wait, party too hard. Wait for tomorrow. I the best part. tattoos are like really fun, like down the line. But that first week is just like this was stupid. Why did I do this? Did they wrap it in the uh, in the like second skin stuff? Yeah. Oh, that stuff oh, is the cool. fucking best. <laughs> it's actually it's people's donated off. skin. Oh my god. If you get tattoos now and like millennials see your tattoos, it'll be like, oh, I remember back in the day when I had to put weird <laughs> lotion on my skin and like peel back all the ink bleed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember when a hobo used to have to lick it clean afterward. But that like, was the best part. I feel like people are lacking today without mm-hmm. able to, you know, the hobo and everything. I mean, you don't get the whole experience unless you've had someone who's generally battling AIDS licking your body somehow. Well, maybe, maybe. The hobo is the tattoos we got along the way. (laughs) Or maybe the hobo that you blow may know how you blow. Oh, shit. It's anyway, the Anyway, Courtney, I wish you a speedy recovery on I'm that. I'm too absolutely tired for this, guys. <laughs> oh, no. Well, now you can cry to, to the tater, and, and Jennifer will be your, uh, your sobbing shoulder. Can you, Courtney, will you just do me a, just a small kindness and please tell our three listeners the tattoo that you got? <laughs> um, I think it should come as no surprise to anyone that I got an animal tattoo, let alone <gasps> um, an opossum. This is totally unlike you. Uh, yeah, that's shocking. And then I got a bunch of edible plants. So it's got like artichokes and watercress and mushrooms. It's like a whole salad on my arm. It's pretty cool. It's rad. And the entree is the opossum. <laughs> <laughs> it's perfect. Full course meal. Yeah, I brought that on myself. Yep. I, yeah. Uh, only in Georgia and when you find it roadside. Mm. I mean, Courtney, it could be worse. You could have a cartoon velociraptor holding a old-timey camera on your arm people tend to have a lot of confusion about that if you're like oh hindsight's 2020 you fucking lord and that's when you say no it's 2022 the amount of karens on a weekend shift they're like what is that on your arm <laughs> oh fucking kill me man imagine me trying to explain my life-sized head of animal the muppet drummer posed as though it was the front of that andrew wk album where there's just blood running out of his little monster nose 
and he's got hair hanging down in his eyes and he looks super wasted. Yeah, that's a tough one to explain to mothers everywhere. Well, you wouldn't have to explain it if you stopped taking it with you literally everywhere you go. It's on my body. How, how am I supposed to not take it everywhere? There, there's makeup nowadays. You can cover it up. Oh, is that your tattoo? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like, you know, Red Dragon. You have, you know, the Blake painting. I have, well, you know. Uh, you what? know. I've, seen you in, I've seen you in, like, undershirts, but I've never seen yeah, you. Yeah, you've never seen my shirts. back. Yeah, that's I have an actual animal, the, the drummer from the Muppets, you know, just bleeding and, and looking like he eats the souls of small children. And the thing is, the thing is, we can't prove you wrong. so that's basically podcast canon now ask me where my Fozzie bear tattoo is and that's going to be an even more compelling story Uh where's your Fozzie bear tattoo (laughs) i think we know and speaking of waka waka (laughs) by the eternal behold behold it's the disinformed podcast i'm shane i'm john i'm michael i'm courtney and we're stoking the waka flocka flame this evening. <laughs> Is this what making... happens when you let it build up and get backed up? Uh-huh. You just need to let it all go in yes. one hour? <laughs> it's not healthy we're... to hold it back like that for that long. Flame on. Uh, we're very excited to be back with you this week. It is, it's been a lengthy reprieve for us, but you didn't notice anything, I bet. I enjoyed that <laughs> Oh, vacation. I think they did. I think it they was kind of nice. Uh-huh. That's I why mean, we're completing, you know, the season three arc, and then we're done, right? Three seasons in a movie. That's what they say. Uh-huh. Yeah. We just got to do that movie. We're going to move on to major motion pictures and sitcoms, baby boys. We're going to make this uh, famous. Mm. <sighs> Hollywood. Sorry, you're putting on that voice, and all I can think about is Polly from The Sopranos. <laughs> Indeed. We're going to be rambling down the Ricky Road, and have you ever checked your shoes coming out of a bathroom? My favorite thing about him as a person, and especially in that show, is that his tongue, like a pug, never goes back in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's always like you can see it past his fucking teeth. Uh-huh. Polly Walnuts, how about Polly D's Nuts? <laughs> oh, shit! Indeed. Uh, and for those of you who are worried what sort of nuts you're listening to presently, <laughs> oh, what we no. typically do on this show is we dive into random esoteric nonsense, and in the course of explaining it to one another, we lie occasionally. That is the shtick. And whether or not we get those lies properly identified over the course of the show, we won't let you leave disinformed. Oh, no, no, no. We have a denouement at the end of the uh, chatter where we will tell you what we were fibbing about and why, so that you... Know exactly what's happening and what time it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But and, uh, what time <laughs> is it now, Michael? Speaking of nuts, uh, I want to say first that there are six lies. Okay. And uh, apropos of, of nuts, six lies. There's six lies. I'm yeah, jumping but into my... I, I, I give me the nuts. Oh, oh, I will, I will. Uh-huh. In today's age of inquiry, reason, and science. Where so many of humanity's problems can be solved with what intellectuals may call facts and logic. Men still think with and are guided by their dick. Well, firstly, as a Republican, I'm just going to say that I don't believe in facts. I cannot be confronted with figures nor confounded by anything other than a man in a bad toupee saying that no one committed a crime. And furthermore, also as a Republican, where is the clitoris? Yeah, I, I, I have a roadmap for that, and I still haven't found it. Giant fold-out map that's like three by three foot. 
I don't care about a clit unless I can attach it to a semi-automatic weapon. (laughs) (laughs) Quick, turn that pussy into a gun. (laughs) Sad truths. Sad Uh, truths. Sad pandas. I like my guns like I like my dick. Firing off 45 rounds a second. (laughs) (laughs) What? Did you see? It's semi-automatic. There's a politician woman this week who was quoted as saying, I want babies in the womb to be as safe as kids in the classroom. Did you guys hear that? that? I'm sure that was Lauren Boebert. (laughs) If not her, then uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene. It was a one oh, of them. It was somebody the fucking Nazi? like running for office. But I was like, this oh. is really spectacular. I'm glad we're was all it, on the same page. Was it the mm-hmm. same person that said that there's no pronouns in our constitution, our declaration oh, of independence, I think it or was the Bible? That lady. Okay, you know <laughs> the you one that starts off with saying "we the people." No pronouns. Mm-hmm. You no could have pulled the uh, the Ted Cruz and said, "My pronouns are kiss my ass." Did he really say that? <laughs> Yeah, he he said that. Which I hope people refer to, to I'm kiss. Still, sorry, to kiss. I'm uh, still no, sorry, trying. Ass. I'm trying to diagram that sentence. Uh, <laughs> well, since someone looks like a brown and serve roll with pubic hair scotch taped to the front of it, like I I don't understand how that human being hasn't just been dragged through the streets by his toes like Mussolini. I mean, that's a fair <laughs> point. I wanted to say something about his wife, but I I. I I couldn't think of anything. Why other, is she so? Not his. Not his. I'm blonde. sorry. Ass wife. I have to. I I have to. He's a Kia. Pronoun. <laughs> Kiss is a Kia. Kiss we is have a Kia. to pronoun cruise correctly. Indeed. So I'm on cruise control right now. Uh, but, uh, um, I, so this is how we live up to your billing us as a political podcast. By the way, Michael. Yeah, so you're welcome. Yeah. This show has been brought to you by Daily News. <laughs> better than daily wire uh, i prefer daily nudes personally but you know that's just me uh, <laughs> they send you, you one nude every I'm, morning at 8 a.m i hear what you need shane and i am glad to satisfy the request so just looking forward to seeing that <laughs> that raptor in in full hd <laughs> i can count the pixels <laughs> our one-eyed snake is the most important thing to us males and i dare any male to try and prove otherwise you hear that, Ted Cruz? Well, ass identify. No, sorry, kiss identifies as kiss my ass. So, not 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 male anymore. Um, leave your extensively written th- thesis in the comments or as a review, complete with all the citations you'll never find to try and prove that our dick is not the most important thing to males. No matter what you would write, dick. I have a counterpoint so strong, so rock hard. That it would blow your paper's load in a matter of seconds. And this counterpoint <laughs> I'd make is so complete, so absolute, you'd slap your forehead and say, why didn't I think of that? You'd rip your hair out, fling yourself on the floor, cry sweet, sweet tears of blood, and exile yourself to the vast openness of the desert, never to look upon another human again. You are so proud of yourself. <laughs> I love this intro. I wrote it like not too long after Roe v. Wade was taken away, and I was I was quite livid. That's why it's so um, sexually charged. No, it, well, it was mainly just talking about how men are shit. But I, I mean, I'm not going to disagree with you there. I'm wearing yeah, exactly. a really good shirt about how men are shit. Exactly. My I'm counter- wearing a penis themed shirt as well. In case you can't see it, it's the stand. But oh, uh, yeah. 
Oh, what do That's you think? Different, you do. different connotation. <laughs> oh, say um, mine is a damn the weather shirt. It's full of dicks. Indeed. Sam's You're the biggest one wrong. out of all of us. Big oof. My counterpoint about any assertion that dicks are not the most important thing to males is simple and straightforward. Look at all the work we have done to cure impotency. That's right. Okay. All the proof that you would need are the multitude of cures, remedies, and operations that we have invented to cure one problem. Hell, if we had put even a fraction of that effort into something like climate change, we would have solved that problem in the 70s, like completely reinventing society practically overnight to stop poisoning the earth. So I, I see that you are reacting purely to the comments we got about panda erectile dysfunction with a, you, uh, a bunch yeah, of vitriol. You, uh, yes. Yeah. Okay. Is this, the, but, is this the episode that you're talking about? Where you're like, guys, I just don't know how to approach this topic and make it good. No, I, I just had a little rant that I want to start off with because I thought it was good to preface everything by saying why I'm talking about it. You've turned okay. Shane to the drink. I, I've done that to more than one person, so I, I'm sorry. I, it's expected. I'm, I'm not trying to shit on your, your special day. I, I, don't, I don't want you to have the worst day at your job. You can continue. I'll stop. For me, every day is special. But no. <laughs> okay. Males You're right, would buddy, rather it focus is. on. God damn it. That was not a good seek into my next line. Males would rather focus on getting it up and getting themselves off than doing anything beneficial to society. And so, because surprise, I am one of those males, I figured it was a time to do a deep dive into all the disturbing ways humanity has tried to fix a broken dick. Well, Michael, uh, as a Republican, I can say that uh, we wouldn't have a society if the men's dicks weren't getting up and getting off, you know what I'm saying? Lesbians can't impregnate themselves. Not with that attitude. <laughs> um. So, because I actually did kind of come up with some nice section titles for this. I'm sure uh, you did. Man's, You're gonna man's desire to live thing, yeah. is only surpassed by his desire to fuck. In my research, purely for the episode, I swear. Hold on, hold on. Wait. Hold on. Hold on. How high were I... you when you wrote this? How high? Because this is a really horny episode. I and don't write while high, because I don't think I can get anything done when I am high. So I don't. Well, you did a terrific job. Thank you. I came across a metric funk, fuck ton. <laughs> funk ton. Funk. It's all well, about the Well, you came across it, so I can understand you were a little excited oh, God, about it. Issuing we fucking sentence. go. <laughs> In my research, I came across a metric fuck ton of recipes to cure impotency and make you come as hard as Superman did in that <laughs> academic paper that Shane had read in After Dark, episode 58, Man of Steel, Woman of Kleenex. <laughs> Let's start with the tame and in the episode with a couple of choice modern day remedies to keep you throwing the strongest of ropes. I thought you said, let's start with the taint. I was like, well... <laughs> They do be Working shrinking. our way. Oh, I was like, that does weirdest, help. Uh, it is the known. weirdest way that you've ever pitched a Discord channel for the podcast. <laughs> Let's start with the taint. Start with the taint. <laughs> R slash start with the taint. <laughs> uh, so, I need to know. No, I don't want to look. I don't want to look. <laughs> <laughs> that one's risky. <laughs> it's dangerous. You don't know what you're getting into. Exactly. All of a sudden, the taint. And John's got the Arctic monkeys cued in his head, like, do I want to know? <laughs> uh, basically. 
So, starting with the ancient cultures and civilizations, we got remedies like acupuncture, herbal medicine, blah, blah, blah. There are several cultures who investigated some lifestyle changes uh, to increase your libido. And I'll mention two here. One, because it has to be the most male-centered reason behind impotence that I've ever read. And the other, because it, well, makes more sense. A man from 8th century BCE in India, a Samhita of Susthrura, I think I butchered that, but I don't care, uh, wrote that impotence, in, impotence was believed to either be caused by um, psychological insecurity, which kind of makes sense, and then also could be blamed on sex with an undesirable woman. Yes, you heard me correctly. Can't get it up? It's obviously not your uh, your fault. It must be the woman. She might not be hot enough. Isn't there a third one, and that's being Irish? What? Isn't that an <laughs> Irish thing? You know, being Man. impotent. You can't you can't get it up. Yeah, that's an, I I I heard that it happens to every uh, Irish well, person. The Irish curse is technically having very little to work with. I mean, if we're going by the the old wives' tale. Well, one but, would argue, Shane. Uh, for the Irish, that if they're all small, then maybe they're big. It's all relative. <laughs> if everyone's small, then everyone is normal. Can I pull the ripcord? Can I get out of here? <laughs> I'm not. I'm not even here right now. <laughs> so this sentiment of it being the woman's fault uh, was shared in medieval Persia, but they actually turned the cause on its head. Medieval Persians examined the effect of depression on keeping the male member depressed. Uh, and then emphasized the physical effects of love. Their belief was that sexual acts not tied to some form of emotional connection could risk sexual dysfunction. Now, this is the Persians who routinely, you know, laid siege to other countries, kept large harems of, of women in their servitude, and, and they're going to say depression kills, uh, you know, a turgid penis. Yeah, depression depresses I'm, a male. I'm calling total bullshit on that. No, it's true. They thought that. Um, it. They believe that the woman might not be objectively hot. That doesn't matter. What matters is whether you perceive them as hot. This it's feels a subjective like a hotness. Dangerously okay. close to like the pickup artist follow up. Like this. It's this has some the, red I've pill. seen that now. I did not write it with that intention, but it's definitely feeling like that now that no, I'm saying it out loud. I feel the Persians were just justifying beer goggles. Uh, that actually, you, uh, you, uh, hinted at the next thing I was going to talk about. Um, but in a moment, um, it's so, you know, restarting. That's right. <laughs> it's not that the woman wasn't objectively hot. It's that she wasn't subjectively hot by you, the male. Pretty progressive, even for mm. today, unfortunately. Uh, some Persian texts even go so far, uh, to give several decent recommendations to improve your sex life. While suggesting several types of juices and milks to improve the male's virility, they also advised, quote, living healthy lives and paying close attention to nutrition, hydration, and physical health to enjoy a virile experience. So they were actually, on one hand, they were still really, really behind. But on the other, they were like, well, if you're having troubles getting it up, it could be a lifestyle choice. Or not choice, lifestyle <laughs> issue. You can edit that if you want. I'm going to, because that was <laughs> unnecessary. That was a slip. That was a really bad slip. Yeah. Tell us in how addition, you really feel, Donald. Oof. In addition to, you know, being healthy. And these, really far behind. 
and really far behind, these Persian texts were also the first to realize whiskey dick was an actual phenomenon. Bullshit. There you go with the alcohol. Yes. Well, they didn't call it whiskey dick, obviously, but they recommended avoiding drinking large amounts of alcohol, you know, prior to doing the dirty. <laughs> they um, called this it the drinky shrinky, actually, right? Yes, I believe that is um, well, a Persian a Persian line. That's a Persian what I thought. Yeah, motto, I mean, slogan, idiom, idiom. To, yeah. to that Ooh. point, like I kind of do the same rules with sex that I do is like swimming in a pool. Like I I don't want to drink anything thirty minutes before or eat anything thirty minutes before. I want my tummy my stomach my stomach to be i want my stomach to be settled uh i want my tummy to be nice nice and still you know before we do the act i don't He's like cramps. i gotta limber up i gotta do some stretches <laughs> this gotta is have cursed. A <laughs> so this idea of abstaining from alcohol before sex is vastly different from medieval or even ancient germany which um culturally believed getting blackout drunk was necessary to procreate is that bullshit yeah that is it bullshit. has to be <laughs> <laughs> like, um, there's no way that find... their whole ethos was like me when i was 24 years old <laughs> <laughs> blackout to back out um anyway i don't think that's an expression <laughs> yeah Anyway, <laughs> I could not find anything that mentioned them getting blackout drunk, but it also was incredibly difficult to get blackout drunk before the Industrial Revolution, mm-hmm. where we invented liquor. Um, before and then, oh, sorry. Who touched my Heine? Yes, my Heineken. Um, before then, the strongest alcohol that you could get was wine, which wouldn't have been as strong as even wine nowadays. Uh, the trouble came from fermentation and getting the yeast to not kill itself. Uh, since yeast eats sugars and turns into alcohol, which is about as good for yeast as it is for us, uh, the more sugars that are converted to alcohol, the more toxic an environment the yeast is in, kind of like us. Uh, yeah, so yeah, yeah. it wasn't until the Industrial Revolution <laughs> that we learned that we can um, distill, distillate alcohol and make it super strong, which is why the 1800s is kind of associated, or like at least 1800s London, is associated with passing out drunken sewers. That's sort of like just general debauchery. Dude, that would have been so rad. <laughs> you have no idea how fucked up you're gonna get like this has not existed in your lifetime at all and all of a sudden you can just get faced he's like the first place that reveals like you know whiskey or or, or vodka or something like that oh. john's first in line he's like i'm a pioneer i'm sorry i'm on the straight edge <laughs> podcast uh, no, 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 more, I just... addicts in the room no. <laughs> i mean i have a beer right here but i have a beer too <laughs> No, where I'm shaking we my head is that you're like, it would be so awesome. He's like, you got blacked out drunk and like fell down in the sewer. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh boy, let me uh, go pass out in the sewer here. The next best thing that could happen to me is if Regina George could punch me in the face. Okay. <laughs> Those would Wait, both be equally awesome to me. Is that where shit-faced comes from, is falling down in the sewer after drinking? Worth I, checking. It is. <laughs> I'm not doing it, but it is. <laughs> Speaking of the ancient and medieval versions of eat this, not that, telling people what to eat to bone harder goes back to ancient India, China, Greece, and more. If it's an ancient culture, chances are they had some sort of recipe to help knock up your wife or wives faster. Or camel. 
um, or, to, or camel to answer Courtney's question uh, came from a Scottish phrase, which comes from being so drunk in the Middle Ages that you don't notice that people are throwing excrement out of their windows into the drainage yeah, yeah. So uh, I on think, the side of the road. So oh, I think, oh, I think no. you're like 60%, 70% right. Mama, that's, that's like the strangest rain I've ever seen in my life. It's got peanuts in it. That's weird. <laughs> now, stop using the windshield wipers. You're just making it worse. <laughs> Man, <that's... laughs> Man this tastes like the haggis that mom served two days ago. What's going on? <laughs> that's the strangest rain I've ever encountered. I've got this... a... Hold on, let me take another look. This corned beef tastes like pissing flies to you? <laughs> it's fast it's and fresh. And Thank you. Like corned beef. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't want to sit here and list all the different recipes that oh, ancient good. peoples had, in part because most of the recipes sound kind of boring. Uh, to be honest, if you can think of a plant or herb that doesn't kill you outright, like nightshade, chances are it was used in some pre-2000s version of Viagra. In terms of meat, can you guess what body parts were heavily featured in these cures? Penis. Exactly. You're absolutely <laughs> correct. Damn it. I was going to go for like elephant horn. Um, this is making there me a are little, some uh, variations on that. Yeah. Um, such animal peni, since I want to call it that uh, plural, plural form instead, um, Good. typically come from big, fierce predators. Because if you're going to ingest a cock, it better be from a big hulking beast instead of, you know, like an actual cock, a chicken. Um, tigers from China, wolves from 13th century Germany. And actually, while I was writing this, I found that my above joke about eating the cock of a cock is actually incorrect. Because ancient Greeks also did that. They would, um, I don't know if it was an actual like cock, I think it's a cloaca because it's a you know a bird or something like that. But they would ingest the genitalia of roosters. This episode has enough. been brought to you by Love Food Hate Money. Yeah, or <laughs> eat this, not that. Um, uh, I'm I'm calling <laughs> cock cock. <laughs> it's bullshit. It's I, caca. I'm calling caca. Oh, <laughs> you're right. It is caca. My bad. Or cacao. Beans, but it's cacao um, if you swallow wrong. <laughs> no, tell me that's a down. lie. Come no, on, no, it, it's true. It's true. Oh god! Ancient ancient Greece thought that eating rooster genitalia and goat testicles was recommended for increased okay. virility. Uh, can you can prove I... it wrong? Have you tried it yourself? I've eaten plenty of cock cock. Thank you. Ate the whole thing at once. Uh, can I call bullshit on the German wolves then? No, okay. I All wrote right. it specifically because I'm seeing it whether was... we got themes. Yeah, yeah, wolves from 13th century Germany. He's fishing. because there was a lot of medieval uh, texts. Well, not texts from medieval era, but a lot of uh, texts that explore medieval era um, remedies for impotency. Okay. Um, the whole idea was that by consuming the cock of a strong, dangerous male animal. The human male will harness that power, kind of like the show Highlander, but instead of cutting off other heads to get the power. <laughs> what did you do? <laughs> he, he scared me to drop my drink. Did, oh, your, no. did your big fat cock get stuck on the dumb can again? <laughs> I'm not wearing pants, so I mean, that is always a danger. Oh, no. Oh, um, God. So... Kind of like the show Highlander, where you would get the powers of the other immortal by cutting off their head, but instead you'd cut off, 
the other animals or penis. you know a swedish uh you know speed metal act that thinks if you kill the lead guitar player and eat his heart you assume all of his skills yeah 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 very specific but not wrong <laughs> <laughs> Um, let's see here. Uh, some cultures that, uh, didn't think that it was enough to eat the penis as several, uh, <laughs> civilizations like ancient Greece believed wearing a cured member as a talisman worked just as well. Uh, so, I got preferable. me a honey baked cock. I just wonder if that's where my ex-girlfriend's ancestry is from. <laughs> <laughs> I, you whatever you guys did in the bedroom, I don't want to know. <laughs> Whether you were wearing that dried animal penis or her, it, it doesn't matter to me. I was doing it before it was topical. <laughs> <laughs> I invented it back in ancient Greece. I was born in it. <laughs> <laughs> Molded by it. I'm like Billy Bob and Angelina Blow Me. <laughs> Aren't they both um, together now? I have... I don't pay attention to celebrities, so I, I don't. Know. I don't know that they've gotten oh, no, back together. I'm sorry, no. it's, I think it's Benifer that's, that's back together now. Ooh. They're going to heal the timeline. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's got to. Well, and as opposed to being Benifer, they're now going to be referred to as badass. <laughs> badass. <laughs> uh, these talisman weren't just dried up animal dicks either. One such talisman was the. Quote, stone found in the gizzard of a belly, uh, I'm sorry, of the belly of an ostrich. Sounding like some Harry Potter shit. Um, some of the more interesting attempts uh, featured rubbing things on your junk in the hope that it would be invigorated. Not just your hand. Sometimes that's um, just fun, though. Let's just be only, honest. The only thing that I've truly rubbed on my junk was gold bond powder. Because I was To make hush smart. puppies? Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> Is that what the kids are calling it now? Is that what Jonah calls it? <laughs> I'm making a hush puppy. That Not the shoe. A joke from the movie Chef because they're in a food truck and it got so hot that they're all dumping like uh, cornstarch down their pants. Oh, yeah. Oh. They're making hush puppies. Okay. That, I mean, actually, the, the that makes a lot of, of sense. Thought. Yeah. My my brother so crudely referred to it uh, as nut odorant. Yeah. <laughs> I have some of that. <laughs> I know you do. It's sponsored by Manscaped. I shared some with you. It's we have a lot of sponsors today. <laughs> we do. So popular. If only they would, because, yeah, I'd love to get some free products. Since all we're getting offered is jewelry for Courtney. Oh, we got more of those? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> lots of that. Nice. Nice. Well, cash in, Courtney. I'm, I feel like or a little dragon. Like, I'm about to go get my hoard. <laughs> dirty talk to, talk to uh, about her dragon stash yeah and the only thing we're gonna need after we get through this episode is a cock ring <laughs> or a michael gun. <laughs> today we're sponsored by um Guns. bad dragon bad dragon yeah <laughs> bad dragon <laughs> ancient greeks particularly a man named celsus wrote several remedies for swollen testicles such herbal air quotes herbal remedies included rubbing included rubbing the member down with cumin mixed with boiled honey, um, wheat flour with honey wine and cypress roots, and my favorite, slathering your scrotum with calf's dung reduced in vinegar. Is that bullshit? That is not bullshit. That, that like was some, a recommended remedy. That's some like, white, white bullshit that you would write. Sounds like some no. goop shit. <laughs> yeah, that's why I kept it in. Is the I cumin don't know why one I true? Have... Yeah. I was going to say, why do I have to get cumin in my cumin? 
Oh, I'm cumin I, everywhere. I'm cumin, my cumin. That's cumin how me I make Pete. the cumin. Cumin, anyway. We're getting dangerously um, close to too much white. <laughs> We're reaching the overwhite. You guys um, have broken my brain. Yeah, this is not a good day for you. I mean, it was well, a great day for you. I just, that, the cumin one makes me think of, like, seasoning the meat before it goes in the taco. And I just know that, like, <laughs> you guys did this to me. I'm a victim of this podcast. Did I ever tell you guys that I tried the Pop Rocks thing when I was, uh, like, with a partner when I was, like, near 20 years old? Or did you the guys what? know about the Pop Rocks thing? There was like this. I don't know who fucking told it to me. It's like the stupid like you're a teen, like late teens, and people were like, "You ever gotten a, your dick sucked when the girl had pop rocks in her mouth?" And I was like, <laughs> "It's like no, I haven't. Oh Should my I?" God. Uh, and we and we tried it. Uh, I wouldn't recommend it. You just I... used the Trump qualifier. What's that? <laughs> a friend of mine said, "You know, <laughs> you may be the most persecuted man in America." <laughs> I don't remember who told me, but a guy, a friend of mine, is like, you ever had your dick sucked with some pop rocks? The thing really is, nice too, is that, like, when I got COVID finally, um, I I tried ivermectin. It didn't work. Mm. Yeah. Well, you'll get it on the second pass. I guarantee it. Here's hoping. <laughs> Takes more than one. Um, Galen, who all my ancient medieval, or I'm sorry, ancient medicinal bros are familiar with. Uh, threw in his lot with these lotions. I was it. The line didn't got execute a lot of well. lot of I'm, lot of fans coming here I'm from medieval you. history. <laughs> yes, yeah. Uh, my ancient medicinal uh, bros here. Yeah, I'm about um, to get medieval on your ass. Ooh, uh, my favorite recipe from Galen involved a bull, and whenever the bull urinates after sex, mix the soil and mud made from the urine into a plaster and anoint it on the penis. Anointed makes it sound like a like ritual ritual. I mean, it probably was. It, 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 the Romans did love their bulls and everything. Um, keep in mind, Galen invented the four humors theory of the body, so you can't really expect that he knew all that much about the human reproductive system and mm. how urine is stored in the balls. Because I was educated in Arizona, I'm not familiar with the four rumors. The four humors. Humors. Rumors, whatever. Four rumors. (laughs) Firstly, I think JoJo's got a crush on you. Second. Scandalous. I heard a rumor. Um, Anyway. uh, The four humors is that all of our... Our our body has four humors. It's like black bile. Um, uh-huh. He wasn't paying blood. attention during the episode. It's fine. You can. So where yeah. would you put? Okay. Like, I think you should leave uh, in those categories. Well, I don't think show. I think you should leave is a liquid found within the body. I think that's a Netflix show. I also think so... it's not humorous. So I think that altogether, it's a nice pincer. Oof. <laughs> um, so. <laughs> and also, because we're talking about a subject you've talked about previously, the bull piss is bullshit. Actually, it is not bullshit. It's bull piss. It is true. He did <laughs> recommend taking the mud from um the uh, urine-soaked okay. mud yeah, yeah, yeah. from a bull that just had sex. Yeah, and yeah. Rubbing we heard you the first time. Yeah. And yeah. that was that so, was a beautiful yeah. little Uno reverse. So well yeah. done. <laughs> ha, no, you. Um, next section can't get it up. Time for divorce. <laughs> Rolls right because, off the oh, I think I know this story. <laughs> you might, um, because I have come across this sort of story before. Um, 
I might have to cut this next line, but because <laughs> Europeans come up with the darndest things like race science, the white man's burned it, and colonialism, I wanted to mention some of the other less racist theories and practices from the pre-modern era. Starting with medieval Europe, it was thought that the erection was uh, a result of compressed air within skin sacs within the penis. Medieval physicians believed that uh, that explained why erections could come and go so quickly. They also believed that you can give yourself an erection if you breathe too heavily. (gasps) (laughs) Just worried about the dick fart now. (laughs) Uh, Additionally, it was believed that specific testicles made specific sperm, meaning that sperm from the left testicle made girls and the right made boys. So I love if that there's only... like a spatial panning theory. About... <laughs> I just love that they're treating it like soft serve. Like, how do you get a mixed cone? Well, you got to activate both at the same time. And, well, Done. you don't want that result. Oh, wait. Um, so is semen also stored in the balls? Just like pee. <laughs> yes, it is stored in the balls. It's actually one ball is pee, one ball is sperm. It's actually uh, they where were they close, keep the souls. But a little off. Souls live in your <laughs> testicles. That lives in your prostate. (laughs) The G-spot releases it. Not Um, mine. Oh, no. (laughs) My guarantee. (laughs) No way. (laughs) Uh -uh. No way. Nope. Uh, So, if you're only looking to add boys to your family, you'd go ahead and cut the girl-making testicle off. Is that uh, is that a male semen in your left testicle? <laughs> no, no, Chuck Testa, <laughs> Chuck, Chuck Testies. Yeah. Um, also, Michael, is it bullshit the cutting off the testicle to influence? Nope, it's true. Oh Can God. you imagine the first girl born after he cut off the girl ball? This superstition quickly died out when, according to one article that I read, quote. A bunch of medieval Lance Armstrongs started showing up to church with daughters in tow. So, yes, it was true, but it was a quickly discounted superstition because they realized it didn't work. That story's just nuts. Exactly. (laughs) Truly, truly nuts. nuts. Uh, Considering how superstitious everyone was at the time, male virility was also tied to religion since, you know, God wanted the female barefoot and pregnant their entire life. Gotta keep the quiver full, am I right, ladies? That was Courtney, a really bad pun. Courtney, is that um, correct? Or? That's triggering. That's what that yeah, is. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> that's I, I figured it would, um, especially mentoring the word quiver full. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, I, I said that on purpose. Uh-huh. Um, but anyway, since this is about the medieval era and not, not today, not the summer of 2022, uh, which is why I mentioned a medieval pope, Pope John Paul II, uh, was rumored to enjoy watching other clergymen, quote, copulate and ejaculate into courtesans at the banquet of chestnuts in 1501. Well, it's because God says not to spill your seed on the ground. Yeah, so it's a waste. It does say that. So, That's true. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and if, if God said it, then you got to follow that. Indeed. That's why I always keep a mason jar with me. Yeah. I mean, that's good, because you don't know when you're going to run into another courtesan. Courtesan? Courtesan. That's, that's Isn't that one. a steroid that's... that they give me to get rid of my gout? <laughs> yeah, it was the cream that you had to put on it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Kind of itched a little bit, but that's just because they hadn't like really perfected the formula. They won't do that until like the 1800s. But... It, it's really popular in Latin songs as well, this, from what I have. Mi corazón! <laughs> yeah, I've heard that one. 
This superstitious ideation of male virility crossed over into the realm of witches. In the 19... I'm sorry, I switched the words, the numbers. In the 1491 handbook, not the 1941 handbook, in the 1491 handbook, Mm -hmm. known as the Melis Melificarum, uh, witches were known to cause impotence and sterility to any man they hated. It was rumored that the stronger witches could simply make a penis disappear. <laughs> yeah, they could. If only. <laughs> <laughs> the common recommendation by physicians at the time to those who believed a witch was taking away their manhood was simple. Physicians would tell the man to be forthcoming and approach the <laughs> witch they believed was causing the impotence. They can't even get the first coming. How are they going to get to four? <laughs> exactly. Communication appeared to be... Oh, sorry. Oh, I was just thanking Shane. <laughs> oh. Um, communication appeared to be emphasized greatly when a witch stole your potent man milk. It was the perfect explanation for something that couldn't be easily fixed, since men wouldn't go out of their way to talk to someone... And impotency doesn't magically cure itself anyways. So it was the perfect remedy. It's like, oh, you got to go talk to this chick. Tell her to stop stealing your virility. I don't talk to people. Give Um, me my seed back. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I want my seed back. (laughs) (laughs) Even though men probably didn't talk it out with the witches that cursed them, uh, they most certainly had reason to try because most most of the time, their marriage was on the line. Yes, in the 16th and 17th centuries, especially in French courts, uh, were the impotence trials, which, if a man was proved to be impotent, the wife was free to leave the marriage. That's actually tri- true. Yes, it is. Yeah. Um, the trials involved a group of the- theolo- I can never say this word right. Theologians? Theologians. The- theologians? Theologians. Yep. What the fuck, theologians? Theologians. The trials involved a group of theologians who would assess the impotence level within a marriage, usually by observing the man's <laughs> genitals and some sexual congress between the man and wife. Poke and it with they, a stick. It's my not favorite, moving. Yeah, and my favorite thing, they, they go up to it, go to it and just give it a little... Mwah. If you beautiful dick, please brace it with a little kiss. Tell it that you <laughs> love it and you will cook it a beautiful brie breakfast afterwards. It's also, beautiful. We've gotten so far into this episode without asking the question that if God wanted you to have sex, wouldn't he just make your dick work? I mean, we have tied male virility to religion. That was a couple of paragraphs ago. Maybe God doesn't want you to spill your seed. But that would imply that you can't fix it. And I don't think men, even in today's age, can handle the fact that they are permanently impotent. I mean, look at Donald Trump. Yeah, he refuses to acknowledge it. So, yeah. And and (laughs) see, he tied virility to religion and then put a ball gag in its mouth, poured some hot wax on its back, and slapped its ass. And for some reason, it still didn't work. Nope. Not once. Disappointing. Had to ask for his money back. Um... That's right. You would have to have sex while some 10 to 15 people watch and critique your sexual techniques. Done. Which, since this is the pre-modern age, most likely just missionary. But if the man could prove his sexual prowess to the observers... Well, that was just an offhanded comment. Um, If the man could prove his sexual prowess to the observers, then um, (laughs) he would save his marriage. But if he couldn't... The divorce would occur, and the man would be forbidden to marry, or to remarry, uh, and forced to give back the dowry, 
Dow, yeah, dowry mm-hmm. to the yeah. wife's family. So, so you can't you can't get it up. You can't get it working. Everything's gone. So is Divorce, that where, you lose all your money. Is that where like the muscle kissing happens? Like came from like in inside you know like the Patrick yeah. Bateman you know where he's like behind the gallon and he's like looking at himself in the mirror like kissing a muscle. Like yeah, it's a psyching so himself he, up to prove that his marriage so that he is can worth prove it. his prowess to the council. Mm-hmm. Exactly. The council with a capital C. Um, Additionally, the newly released woman would then be considered a virgin for marriage purposes, since it was argued that if the man couldn't get her pregnant, then he probably couldn't break her hymen in the first place. I don't think that's true. So this is like the medieval version of... It's not true. No. No, she was probably like cast out as like a witch or some shit, and then they burned her alive and then took her money back. Yeah, most likely, yeah. yeah. As much as I would have enjoyed that sort of mental gymnastics going on in medieval males' heads, uh, I couldn't find any record of that. Sounds Um, like you're describing like born-again Christians. Exactly. (laughs) Considering men's sexual education regarding the hymen, I wouldn't be surprised if some men even today thought this. What's a hymen? Um, Exactly. Um, Ask your mother. Uh, (laughs) It's a person who waits by the side of the road to rob passers-by. Shane, hey, Shane. Johnny Cash sang a song about her. Shane, can you ask my mom what a hymen is? Uh, The next time I see her, I certainly will. Thanks. I thought it was the uh, greeters at Walmart, because they always say hi to people. They're the hymen. I hate it here. I was a hymen. I fought cocks out of the cunts. (laughs) Well, I'd rather be Uh, a hymen than a loman. Yeah. I ensured they I didn't mean, spunk. <laughs> oh, Courtney <laughs> disconnected from the call. Courtney's uh, left the Zoom meeting. How weird. wonder if it's a bug. My <laughs> next section <laughs> is white plus white equals Jesus more Christ. white. <laughs> We're getting into the nitty gritty of it. I take it back. I don't want to hear your headers anymore. <laughs> Uh, fine. Pun intended. <laughs> Pun <Yes>. intended. <laughs> okay. Michael with the broad strokes this evening. <laughs> For <Woo>! sure. <laughs> Not that you can see. Hand check. <laughs> Hand check. <laughs> He's um. never stroked a broad in his life. Don't let him know. <laughs> <you>. <laughs> uh, true. <laughs> These trials featured predominantly in France, so it makes sense that France would bring us into the modern age with a more medicinal approach to male impotence, which brings us to the French neurologist Charles Edouard Brown Sequard in 1869. (laughs) He had the brilliant idea that since cum is the essence of male virility, why not inject yourself with it? And thinking back to ancient history, why bother injecting ordinary cum when you can double down and use animal semen. Now, fast forward to today, and people are using it on their face as anti-aging cream. So, I mean... Yeah. There you go. And that is actually what this neurologist did. Not, it, the, not the facial cream. He didn't cocky himself. <laughs> no. And you know what's great is that most animals come with their own hypodermic. <laughs> That's Stick true. Stick it right in. Mm-hmm. Um, he proposed injecting animal semen directly into his bloodstream thinking that it would help replace any hormones lost through aging. That's too dumb to not be true. Yeah, yeah, because it is. <laughs> um, to give him credit, he did actually experiment on himself. Uh, in 1875, he gave himself 10 separate injections of animal semen. He reported an improved mood, performance, and, most importantly, 
healthy bowel movements. But the negative side effects <laughs> is that all he wanted was pictures of Spider-Man. It came out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> and he actually became the Spider-Man. I just, he just wanted like, pictures. It almost sounds like the Doc Ock origin. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going more the J. Jonah Jameson. Yeah, oh, that's what I thought. Bring oh, me yeah. pictures of Spider-Man. I was trying to get to Spider-Man, but, you know. Just <laughs> like this enough, dude. Right? You never, you never I just ingested right. some pig semen. Bring me Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> now I am Pig-Man. <laughs> Michael, Spider-Pig. are you going to talk about um, testicle transplants? Yes. We're getting to that. Cool. Yes. I like that I've become the squeamish one on this call, and Courtney's, like, energized. What's well, happening? Because it involves... Well, it's male ha- suffering, which there I go. can imagine is always an enjoyable thing to, you know, learn about. Okay. She was... She she definitely had her DiCaprio moment from uh, in, or Django Unchained, where she's like, you had my curiosity, and then the moment she started hearing male suffering, she's like, you have my attention. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and now give me a Polynesian pearl diver and do not spare the room. Yes. Exactly. The funniest part about Saquard is that he is actually credited uh, as beginning modern androgen therapy because of his work putting animal cum in his blood. (laughs) Yes. He was also Starfleet's most respected captain. (laughs) Oh, yes. Not because of the animal cum. No. But it just so happened he was good at that as well. It helped his disposition. Behind every strong man. <laughs> There's an even stronger animal come to inject in your veins. No, just leave an even stronger animal. That's fine. I'll allow it. Uh, androgen <laughs> therapy. Oh no, it's Pigman again. Um, androgen this. therapy is the practice of regulating male hormone levels through injections of synthetic male hormones. So weird start, but actually really good today. Um. Or really bad today, depending yeah. on your perspective. <laughs> God damn it, Grandpa, don't stick me with that thing again. I thought the war was over. <laughs> Not in his eyes. Um, Sequard wasn't content to simply inject cum into his veins. Oh, no, no, no. In 1889, he injected himself under the skin with extracts from dogs and guinea pigs. And by extracts, I mean ground-up testicles. While his earlier work started in important modern-day Therapy, putting ground-up animal testicles under your skin did not do anything. Guinea it actually pigs. just became the thing. Guinea pigs and dogs. When, oh. when, you, like, when you're feeling like small injections, you go with the guinea pigs. If you're feeling a little bit large and in charge, you go with the dogs. Did he just like have a brother that worked at a vet and was like, can you just give me some samples if you ever have a second? Oh. When was this again? Like I what year? It. 1889. Oh, those fuckers are all over the the street anyway. In all the alleyways. Like, yeah, guinea pigs flooded Europe and France, or Europe. And well, France I mean, if it's free plague, yeah. yeah. Europe yeah. is a Europe is a country just like Africa. 1889, a brother, another summer. <laughs> Give me another round of balls. Um, okay. That I'm sorry. I was trying to. It I, didn't work well. I'm I'll, not. I'll I'm not an artist. I'm not a musician, and it shows. Now, now we start to dip into the absolutely bizarre when you mix weird ideas about male virility with medicinal experiments, as opposed to before. In 1920, a Russian, not Russian, I don't know why I was going to say that. Russian Bale, yes. Uh Yes. A surgeon living in France, Dr. Sergei Voronov, 
thought that these sermon injections weren't enough. Now, they let's needed- pause before he sounds like he's a fucking British knight. He's not Sir J. It's Sergei. Oh, you're right. Sergei Voronov. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. My apologies. The Russian the front Sergeys needs to be held strong. <laughs> Don't disrespect them. They'll start invading your country. True. Um, Dr. Sergei Voronov thought that these semen injections weren't enough. They needed to cut out the middleman, so to speak. And so some cutting was done to the testicles. He started out by transplanting pieces of prisoners' testicles into the bodies of millionaires. I'm Balchin, boy. (laughs) (laughs) He's a Balchinian. You just keep attaching testicles of other animals onto your body. That's beautiful. Yeah. Um, But... Well, first he started with prisoners' testicles. Oh, he didn't man. he didn't jump to animals yet. Yet. But as you always you don't have an unlimited supply of prisoners and their testicles, when that supply went dry, he had to switch to a different type of testicle. Oh. Monkey testicles. This just makes me wonder if this is what happened to Mitch McConnell's face. <laughs> oh man. How he became a female That's anglerfish? So um, actually, yes, and he is that old. I can imagine he signed up for some experiments with Sergey Voronov. Shane, I can also kind of shed some light on that. It's also called inbreeding, which I, oh, we're going to be I doing see. an episode on later. So. Ah, nice. Oh, mm, interesting. He started out simply by grafting, or um, yeah, I wrote grifting. Oops. <laughs> <laughs> He's grafting. a grifter. <laughs> He you was meant what you grifting. said. He was a piece Works of sweet cheese. He was yeah, a, exactly. A rotten soldier. He, would... he was a good time boy. <laughs> My sweet cheese. <laughs> Goddamn carpetbaggers what he was. Whoa. <laughs> we can't say that anymore. Uh, he would start out by grafting very thin pieces of testicle uh, of either a, uh, a chimpanzee or a baboon to the patient's scrotum. By having very thin slices, Voronoff argued, the foreign testicle tissue would eventually fuse with the human tissue. So, the human body wouldn't violently re- react with the foreign body. Uh, if you think he was la- If you thinked... <laughs> if you, if you thought... If Don't. you thought he was laughed out of the medical community, you'd be completely wrong. Uh, by 1923, 700 of the world's leading surgeons at the International Congress of Surgeons in London applauded his work in the rejuvenation of old men. <laughs> I thought they were using in, goat testicles, not monkey. We're evolving to that. Okay. Um, you're thinking of a different person who I will cover in a moment. Gotcha. In 1925, he wrote a book on his method called... The medicinal, uh, sorry, the medical benefits of grafting monkey testicles to a humans. In it, Voronoff describes the medicinal benefits of grafting monkey testicles to your ball sack. Go figure. Exactly. It's almost like the title wrote itself out. Mm. Um, well, not an aphrodisiac, he writes. He does admit the sex drive may be improved. Air quotes on may. Big maybe. Also, other side effects include... To, to what he wrote, um, better memory, the ability to work longer hours, the potential for no longer needing glasses due to the improvement of muscles around the eye, the and the prolonging of life. He also speculated, but did not outright say that it would, um, cure dementia praecox, or as we call it today, schizophrenia. Um, was the, 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 the glasses bit bullshit? 
No, that was something he claimed would, like, grafting a little piece of an animal's testicle to yours would somehow make your eyes work better. Well, in one sense, diminishes. <laughs> What's his ball sense? You can't feel your left leg, but your eyes work real good now. I can't feel my nuts anymore, so I can see to infinity. Um, now, I know we've been talking just about men and their obsession with dicks, but Voronoff felt it was time to obsess about women and their ovaries. Uh, Finally. You kind of do need both to produce children. Later work of his included transplants of monkey ovaries into women. And to put a cap on his work, since his operations did eventually fall out of vogue in the early 40s, oh. he tried to pull a reverse Uno card. Uno, you know. Why did I say Uno? A reverse Uno card uh, and transplanted a human ovary into a male monkey and then tried to inseminate her with human sperm. His wiki page doesn't discuss the results. Or whose sperm was used, but I think it's safe to say that that experiment didn't pan out. I wonder. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. And my last section, because I still have to say this one, putting goat testicles in your testicles so you can come while you come. What? We've run the... It's an old meme of Pimp My Ride. So <laughs> no one all knows you it, all you nineties kids that watched MTV, <sighs> ooh wee, all me. No, no I one don't else. listen to yo MTV raps. Oof. Uh we've run the gauntlet from testicular improvement, starting from the mouth, winks at camera, and ending at implanting bits and pieces of the stuff inside your ball sack. Finally, we're taking the last leap and going all in. And by all in, I mean placing a whole goat's testicle inside your scrotum. Are you going to say mouth? No. <laughs> we started at the mouth. Winks at camera. Leave it up to an American <laughs> to take it too far and do it all just for the money. Oh, God. As John Brinkley revolutionized the, air quotes, revolutionized the male reproductive health industry with his brand new medical procedure. Keep in mind, I did not include the title doctor before his name. It all started in 1917, when Brinkley was the town doctor of a small little town called Milford, Milford in Kansas. According to his own biography, Brinkley was seeing a 46-year-old farmer who was complaining of having no pep, lamenting offhand that he didn't have, quote, billy goat nuts. By seeing, you mean that they, you know, went out on Friday nights for dinner, held hands, and lovingly caressed one another in the dark clutches of the night? Oh, yeah. Hot. Usually in the alleyway, Beautiful. you know, after dinner, but yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right. Just want to make sure. Mm -hmm. Brinkley, upon hearing this, had an idea and never looked back. Eventually charging some $750 for the procedure, which is around sixteen uh, grand in today's money, he'd snip the testicles, which he'd always refer to as glands, of a six-week-old goat, usually right before the operation. So it would be, you know, fresh. Then... He'd make an incision in the man's scrotum, and he'd just insert the testicle right up in that. Um, under Just under layers of skin, not even in the scrotum itself, and then he would sew it up. Good as new. He would claim that he did more than just stick it in there, like he'd hook up blood vessels and do his best to make I sure that the testicle them. would live on. Yeah, exactly. He'd get a little hand action there. Um, but he wasn't actually doing that at all. He would literally just put it under the skin. Uh, and the people ate that shit up. 
It was the placebo <laughs> effect and the power of suggestion all wrapped up in a nice skin-covered goat testicle. His notoriety exploded when one of his patients got his wife pregnant not too long after the surgery. The first goat gland baby, which I have the name for. Can you guess his name? Prom night dumpster glom night baby? No, his actual name. That was Billy. his nickname that he got. Yes, his name was Billy. All right. Um, he was born not too long after um, Brinkley started the goat gland gonad journey. And with that, the doctor, because he still technically was a doctor at the time, instantly became famous. Claiming the operation cured 27 ailments from dementia to emphysema to flatulence, all with a 95% success rate. Warning, though. The actual success rate changes depending on your intelligence. Brinkley explained that stupid people had a higher failure rate. So, you know, if it didn't work, ah, you just might be too stupid. Checks out. Really? Emphysema? Yes. And flatulence. Okay. And dementia. Not just schizophrenia, but full-on dementia. Uh Yeah. Um... Let's see. With that success, Brinkley began advertising hard, building a massive radio tower in 1923, not too far away from his um, practice, where he would broadcast medical advice. Uh, When not transplanting goat testicles, he'd frequently spend hours each day on the radio, primarily promoting his goat gland treatments um, through uh, shaming and appealing to men's and women's egos and their desire to be more sexually active. Look at you. You're a handsome man. You're fetching. I bet you could go and get any sort of woman that you want if only you had the vascular fortitude in order to impregnate them. Snip, snip. I mean, honestly, that you're probably not that far off from one of his advertisements. Uh, let's see. In between Brinkley's own advertisements, because this is important to note, um, his new station, KFKB, short for Kansas First, Kansas Best, or sometimes Kansas Folk Know Best, featured a variety of other types of entertainment, from military bands to French lessons, astrological forecasts, to the first televangelist, a Bob Jones Sr., founder of Bob Jones University. He would also play music on the air primarily American roots music, including old-time string band, gospel, and early country. Keep that country music in mind. It will be important later. Indeed, and their call sign used to be KFAB. Get some ghost cheese between your knees. (laughs) (laughs) Couple of, yeah, soundboards. I don't Uh, believe you about the astrological readings. They would have astrological forecasts on his uh, radio show. Mm -hmm. Huh. Yeah. As the money came flooding in, so did reporters and medical organizations, each with their own agendas. His methods, which he kept mostly secret, started to come to the forefront. He never wrote down his method and would frequently change his technique, in part because most of the time he operated, he was incredibly drunk. (laughs) He would also extort patients as they lied on the operating table. One such account involved him drunkenly removing a 15-year-old's appendix and then threatening to shoot her brothers unless Brinkley Whoa. was paid an extra $100. God damn. He, yes. <laughs> um, Brinkley's main nemesis, because they were nemeses, uh, a Morris Fishbein, the editor of the Journal of the American Medical Association, found that while 
Brinkley had originally attended an actual medical university, Bennett Medical College, he had left college in his third year for relationship reasons. His wife had left them and took their two girls with her. As he had unpaid debts, Brinkley could not forward his credits anywhere else, and so bought his certificate to be a doctor from a shady diploma mill called Kansas City Eclectic Medical University. As an aside, when he was super popular for transplanting goat testicles, he actually traveled through Europe looking for a, a university that would give him an honorary degree. Um, he did actually get one from a university in Italy, but his nemesis, Fishbein, had pressured the Italian government to rescind it. And, because this was the 20s, uh, Benito Mussolini actually revoked the degree himself. Oh. So, when you mentioned Mussolini getting dragged out by his, by his toes, I thought that was really interesting. I don't believe this. It's true. <laughs> <sighs> because he had no real, like, accolades to his name because he just got a shady degree. He wanted someone to award him an honorary degree to become an actual doctor. Mm-hmm. Right, so anywhere that he would travel to, he would try and get a degree. And one in Italian, I think it was somewhere in Milan or something like that, that awarded him a degree, an actual prestigious. I, I was just uh, disgusted that that it's Mussolini. Yeah, because apparently, according to the article that I read, uh, in order to get an honorary degree rescinded, you had to have someone really high up in the government to do that. And so, what higher person than the Il Duce? At the time? Yeah, why yes. not? So. Now, after all that talk about Mussolini, you're probably wondering about the patients themselves. How did they react to having a goat gland inside their scrotum? Not well. Well, they didn't really mind much. (laughs) They didn't mind much, but their bodies did, with many patients suffering from infection, and at least 42 people died on his operating table. Not just died afterwards, but died on his table. Um, Eventually, for obvious reasons, he lost his license, And after a brief stint failing to get elected governor of Kansas, because that was a whole thing, um, he sold his radio station and moved to the border in Texas, where he built a giant radio tower on the Mexican side of the border. There, he could broadcast whatever he wanted without having the government interfere. The U.S. government, mind you. The Mexican government didn't really care because he was paying for it. Uh, The Mexican government soon allowed him to up the energy output of his tower uh, to a million watts, which is strong enough to be picked up all the way in Canada on a clear night. He then sold airtime to anyone with the cash, about $27,500 per hour in today's money. Talk about advertising. (laughs) Um, All sorts of people who weren't allowed to broadcast on U.S. airwaves bought time from Grifters selling crazy water crystals to mind readers to religious nutcases selling all sorts of religious paraphernalia, including autographed pictures of Jesus Christ. The Mexican government did eventually rescind his radio license in 1934, and while he ended up broken penniless from numerous malpractice lawsuits, I wanted to end on one interesting note, one that ties everything that we've learned about manliness and making your testicles the besticles which is what I titled this episode, and that's the music of country. While broadcasting from Mexico, he packed his radio music lineup with plenty of up-and-coming country singers. Wow. (laughs) Singers, yes, indeed. I said said religious paraphernalia, just perfectly fine, and I can't say singers. 
It's a country <laughs> signer. Isn't he lovely? <laughs> Hi, signer. We had, and I don't know any of these names, so I'll tell you all outright Garth the truth. Brooks. <laughs> Death Chesney. A little, Arrow a little Smith. earlier than that. A little earlier than did that. Did you say Death Leopard? Yes, yeah. I did hear it. Um, he, we have uh, Patsy Montana, Red Foley, Gene Autry, Jimmy Rogers, the Carter family, and the Packard family, to name a few. He is actually considered one of the few pioneers who helped get country music to where it is today. Uh, he kind of influenced the outlaw sort of aspect of country music because this was like really early. This is, I think, even before um, Johnny Cash. Well, Michael, you, and all that other stuff. You know what they say: behind every great man <laughs> is, a is a greater goat. animal. <laughs> did you did you say Gene Montana? Patsy Montana. Patsy Montana. That yes. That's a that's a, a bridge too far for me. That's that's a name. Like I said, all these names that I listed are all true. I should pronounce Patsy Montana. And that is where I will end my episode. Okay. With a quack doctor whose drive to get rich off of people's libido helped him invent modern day country. I just feel like you kind of failed to get it up, Michael. <laughs> I'm sorry. With all this talk of testicles and, and impotency and stuff like that, I'm sorry I couldn't get it up for you. Stand and deliver, my friend. Uh, one uh, more stab for my part. A million watts? Yes. Yeah, a million watts. Watts is a measure of I know what energy. it is, but that's, <laughs> yeah. that's a, a ridiculous amount. That's why I mentioned that it can... On a clear night, uh-huh. people in Canada can pick up his receive, uh, his, his radio. Um which, like I said, was based on the border uh-huh. between Texas. Correct, and with all them signers. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, any other stabs before I stab my mouth? You said that the goat testicles he was transplanting were six-week-old goats. Is that a lie? No, that was true. They took the testicles from six-week-old goats, and I couldn't verify it. But at least one um, one source uh, had said that they died. Not too long after having their testicles taken from them, um, but I couldn't confirm that in other sources, so I didn't necessarily write that out right. Also, because that's very, very sad. Taking yeah, that is pretty sad. Yeah, and then kids and yeah. Was it Bob Jones on the radio, or is it a different uh, televangelist or radio? Evangelist? It was not Bob Jones. Yeah, I didn't think so. You were you were right. Yeah. Wow. Um, there was actually uh, no televangelists on uh, John Brinkley's radio station but they were starting off that this was like around when he was airing uh his radio stuff um while bob jones was one of the first televangelists he started in 1927 and he was not based out of kansas kansas he was based out of new york if i recall correctly um while he did play gospel music on his station he did not actually feature any televangelists so um but i thought it was such an interesting parallel that this guy really is known for um not just the goat testicles but helping to start the country music industry uh and also around the same time that he was getting popular radio wise televangelists were starting their plying their wares so to speak so i just thought it was an interesting overlap to include but yes you're right bob jones not there yeah nice though i also found out that the university that he founded is like ruled by his like great grandson or something like that like it was like past like a kingship like a kingdom it was very There's weird another university um, that's just like that very bad mm. 
Any other stabs? I think I've had enough of the righteous gemstones for this week. (laughs) Fair enough. Okay, so let's see. The first lie was ancient and medieval Germany, where you would get blackout drunk. You're right. You caught that. Uh, Let's see here. The next one, I did mention Galen, and I think I've used this lie before in the past. Um, He did not invent the four humors theory of the body. Uh, He was a proponent of the humors, a.k.a. humorism, uh, but he was not the first to theorize about it. Uh, It was first proposed by Alcimenon of Croton about 600 years before Galen made his debut. And I also specified that urine isn't stored in the balls. The whole idea of urine being stored in the balls is a meme on the internet. Yeah. So, um, one of these lies was a quiz for John, because I know that he fails as a as an ex-Catholic. Um, I mentioned Pope John Paul II. Uh, he was not a medieval pope. He was actually the pope that no was around when popes. we were all alive. Yeah, he was he was no the pope popes. from 1978 to 2005. Hardly know him, hardly um, respect him. <laughs> oof. Uh, the actual pope who hosted the banquet of chestnuts was Alexander VI, who was a Borgia, featured in Showtime's historical drama, The Borgias. Um, I found that little informational tidbit so interesting that I had to throw it in, even if it doesn't exactly match with everything around it. Let's see. You caught the woman would be considered a virgin for marriage purposes. Yeah, that would be nice. Oh, it would be nice if they didn't care about virginity anyway, but they're men. They don't care about that sort of thing. Um, Next lie. I had his book titled The Medical Benefits of Grafting Monkey Testicles to Humans. (laughs) It was not that straightforward. It was just called Rejuvenation by Grafting. (laughs) Because if you spoil everything on the title of the book, no one's going to want to read it. With a twist that might surprise you. (laughs) Exactly. Nine out of ten doctors don't like this. Um, And you got Bob Jones, and I do believe that was the last one, yes. So you got half the lies. (laughs) Courtney got half the lies, let's be honest. That's true. I, I kind of did write some of these lies hoping that Courtney would get them. Um, oh, I see. It was intentional that she would find them. Interesting. Y- yeah, kind of. Ah. Uh, it, it's at least the Bob Jones Sr. one, because I know that she kind of had to suffer through at least some of this. She probably knew who Bob Jones at some point was. So, yeah. So, there you go. <sighs> and that was Big Ball Energy, making your testicles the besticles. I feel... <sighs> the same you're the one I, I see okay i do believe i made my point that men value their dick above anything else and i said i don't value my dick at all <laughs> oof i'd have to find it first uh it would have to be a pp energy indeed no big balls here. Give me a tuber, I'll get you something out of it. But, uh, <laughs> well, uh, I would love to say that that was another delightful installment of the Disinformed Podcast, but I, it's not my episode. I'm not going to lie this week. So, lie seven. Bullshit. No. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. So, we're just going to leave that where it is. We're just going to sack that entire concept. <laughs> but uh, we thank you all for being here as always. And if you have appreciated the concept on this episode, Why? please send me a message so that I can avoid ever entangling with you out in public. <laughs> I'm just... We'll send you links to better help. Indeed. Not sponsored, but you'll need it. 
indeed. Uh, and we hope that you, uh, if you did enjoy it, though, you can give us a little positive affirmation. I'll allow it. Rate and review. <laughs> We'd love to hear from you. All that stupid shit that we just, you know, it's pointless. It's a shot in the dark at this point. I'm just screaming for attention that no one's going to give us. And that's fine. Other than... My good friend, Jen, which you have made everyone's lives much better with all of your comments. So thank you. It'll be three months by the time you get to hearing this, but we appreciate having you here in your glorious engagement. And, uh, of course, you can check out in the show notes below. There is going to be a link tree to get you to those socials if you want to interact with Jen. She's far more entertaining than I am, certainly. And, uh, you know, you can have some discourse with, with any number of people in our social streams. It's delightful. Might even catch a carp there. But uh, I believe you're going to stay here because we are on the hinterlands just creeping up to the door of our third anniversary running this show. We're just a few episodes away, and I'm just stunned and staggered and stupefied by the very concept that we have made it this far. So congratulations, kids. Ooh, it's crazy. Indeed. I don't believe it. Yeah. Got the same number of downloads we did as when we started, so it's not <laughs> too proud of Consistency, <laughs> the wheels of time... <laughs> It's a, it's a marathon, not a sprint. Unfortunately, <laughs> we're crippled regardless. So. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that is going to officially wrap it up like a body bag this week. And so, or I, I guess, uh, you know, a, a testicle containing a goat nut. Ugh. Goat nuts. It's what's for dinner. New from General Mills. Goat yes. nuts for goat nuts. Yeah. Yes. You like corn nuts, you'll love goat nuts. No question. Spared no well, expense. Now that you got my goat, I think we're going to officially end this episode. <laughs> so, uh, unlike my life presently, I just want to impart to everybody, I hope something great happens to you today. And after this, you're going to goddamn need it. So, for the Disinformed Podcast this week, I'm Shane. I'm John. I'm Michael. I'm Courtney. And zippity zoop, I'm we're out of here. Oh, it's zippity zippity zoop. Oh, no. No. I can't stop coming. Nope.